Hey guys, welcome back to the Pendulum Show. My name is Yodin and I have my co-hosts as usual, Teva and Bamba with me. And this week, we're going to be talking about 5G. 5G technology. What is 5G exactly? Yeah? So, you know, it's a good thing that we have Bamba on the show. Because as I've previously mentioned on the show, that Bamba is essentially the IQ of this show. He, he, I mean, collectively, out of the three of us, how many IQ points do we have cumulatively with the three of us? Don't oversell. Don't oversell. I Don't oversell. Okay, la, okay. You may not be the smartest person ever. You're the smartest person in, in the Zoom call. La. <laughs> right? So, uh, Bamba is a software engineer by trade as well. So, we basically just rely on him to tell us anything about tech. So, um, why 5G? 5G is basically, has actually been a term that's like tossed around for the past few years without people actually understanding what it really is. People just assume that it is just faster speeds. But there are a lot of applications when it comes to 5G itself and what it can do for the human, human civilization itself. So, what? It's true, what? Yes, yes, it's gold. Oh my God. You know what? Don't, I... I Am I, are you doubting me? Yeah, I am the high IQ one here. Exactly. But he is condescending to you, you know. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, that is, that is completely the worst type of ignorance you can have, you know. What the fuck? At least. All on attack, <laughs> You are attacking me. Why am I always being attacked on every episode? <laughs> uh, okay, no. <laughs> okay, so, um, just a breakdown of what we're going to be talking about today. Just uh, four key things. So the first part, we're going to be discussing what is 5G technology. The second part would be, recently in May, the Malaysian government actually revoked allocations of the Spectrum ban from five different companies that it was previously awarded by from the previous government. So the new government revoked these allocations from these five companies which were awarded from Mahathir's government. The third part would be the, the conspiracy surrounding 5G. Maybe if you've not fully grasped the concept of 5G, you might have heard conspiracy theories surrounding 5G and its effect on human beings. Does 5G kill human beings essentially what we're going to be talking about? Is it true? Is it true? Uh, the last part, we're going to be talking about the implications of using Huawei hardware and technology in Malaysia, especially due to the Huawei ban from the United States as well. And what is Malaysia's options and how we can navigate through this? So, Bamba, the first part, as the IQ, <laughs> what is 5G technology? Uh, let me preface, uh, everything I know about 5G, I learned first from a real engineering video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait, which video? I might have watched the same one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but uh, I think like we can just talk about 5G's capabilities first so that people understand. Uh, wait, 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 what is the G in the 5G? Generation. So you have 1G first. Oof, like the iPhone, right? You really needed a software engineer to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot of people don't know what the G stands for. Yeah. They didn't know. <laughs> wait, what? Well, some people I'm sure wouldn't know lah. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just seem to be shitting on you. So the assumption, right, is that it follows the same pattern as moving from 1G, 2G, 3G, and 4G, which mm. is 
that at every generation you have a like an exponential increase in speed because when you are dealing with 3G in like the kbps range kilobit per second and and approaching like say around 5 megabits per second at the high end of what you can achieve with 3G then you go into 4G and 4G you could achieve uh commonly you will get around 20 megabits per second in Malaysia that's like a good uh, ballpark average uh, but it's, it's capable of more than that within like hundreds of megabits per second. So you assume that with 5G also you would be seeing an exponential increase in speed but in actual fact the speeds that you're looking at with 5G they vary a lot which we'll get into some of the reason for that but it's within it's, it varies from 140 to about 870 megabits per second in the in in US networks. So yes, it, it is an increase in many cases, but not not a massive increase for most people. For most people, uh, you will see that actually 4G speeds and 5G speeds are very comparable in real world uh, use cases. I, I, I do you want me to get into like uh, what the different types of 5G first, or or do you want me to talk about what the the advantages you you get from 5G are? So you're saying essentially. There isn't so much of a great uplift from the speeds between 4G and 5G. Uh, yeah, so what are the other additional benefits that you can get from 5G? So the main, the main, there, there are two main benefits from 5G when compared to 4G. Mm. Uh, number one is capacity. Mm. So we all know this, right? Like when you're in a crowded place, like for example, if you're at a concert or a rally, mm. the, because there are so many users on the network, the, there's so much congestion in your internet download speeds like trickle to a crawl mm. and you can uh, barely even op- open Twitter for example. Mm. So with 5G, you have a massive increase in the number of, of devices that can be connected to the network at the same time. And uh, secondly, you have a, a big gain in, uh, in latency. So latency basically means the delay of your signal from getting from one point to another and with uh with five G, it's it's reduced. It, it it is reduced by exponential figures. With that kind of latency, it's basically you're approaching like real time speed. So what do I mean by that is, for example, you have an autonomous car, right? A self driving car. Mm. You can communicate with the cars around it in real time, mm. uh, without having to worry about there being a delay in yeah yeah in in the signal being received. So. It, op- it basically opens up a lot of applications in the Internet of Things sphere. Mm, mm, so, mm. right now, when you look at 4G, 3G, and so on, they mm. mostly concern with mobile devices, uh, mainly your smartphones and tablets. Mm. And now, see more and more laptops also have 4G modems. But when you start getting into 5G, uh, basically, cars can be connected to the network, smartwatches. Uh, Traffic lights, mm. uh, public infrastructure, yeah, stats, all these things uh, can be connected to the to the network and without uh, much and without having to worry so much about congesting the bandwidth and so on. Mm. Yeah, so mm. that's what five G has to offer. And I think Teva was reading a bit on the different types of five G spectrum, so maybe you can get into that. <laughs> no, I have a question. I have a question before I get there. Uh, uh, articles, uh. Uh. articles. You know, I, I read. I think I think today I read like ten articles. Uh. Okay, that's more than more than myself. 
10 articles bro is more than my lifetime code <laughs> and Teva, Teva goes to medical school, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, what? So, you really don't want to say that? My question is, my question is, every article said that these speeds that they talk about, right, they yeah, all yeah. 10 to 100 times faster than 4G. That's what I'm hearing. So, you know, like 20 gigs per second, like I can download a movie in 5 seconds. Exactly, it's not... Your phone, you can download uh, full-on movies, you know, in 4K. Imagine that. That is true, that is true. So, this is where the... Uh, the debunk everybody. So, this is where the... This is where the, telecom, the telecommunications providers are overselling 5G a lot. Mm. They are, they're talking about these magical kinds of speeds, right, which are theoretically possible, mm. but you're not likely to experience them in real life. So There you go. Exactly. That is real talk right there. La. So, so, the thing about 5G is that, that it is... Even when you're talking about generation shifts, right, in mobile broadband technology, you're talking about spectrum, usually. Which, uh, what I mean by spectrum, basically, it refers to the frequency which the signal uses between your phone and the cell and the cell-based tower. So, the, what's unique about 5G is that there's a huge range of spectrum which is available. Yeah. Some is at very very low frequency, like in the seven hundred megahertz range, which is yeah. which was awarded in Malaysia, mm-hmm. and some of it goes all the way up uh, until twenty five gigahertz. So, yeah, so it's orders of magnitude difference from the low band to the high band of five G. Mm-hmm. So up at the high band of five G, right, you can achieve amazing speeds. You can achieve um, some demonstrations have shown up to one point two gigabits per second, you know? So, like, for context, right, like, your home fiber connection, right, it's, it's usually uh, 100 to 300 megabits per second. Yeah. Uh, some businesses may have 500 megabits yeah. per second over a fiber optic cable. So, you are getting, like, double that uh, over the air. But problem is, the at, at that kind of frequency, this, this electromagnetic wave. So, basically, all this is functioning on electromagnetic waves, right? And this, and at such high frequency, it is too. It cannot penetrate very far. So, for example, in one demonstration, if you close the door between the antenna and the device which is receiving it, you have cut off the signal. And like in in an urban area, maybe you can get nine hundred feet of range or so, mm. an ideal mm. scenario. But it's very unlikely that you can receive the signal indoors. Mm. So, so this kind of high frequency, which is called an mm wave, millimeter wave, yeah. 5G, right? It's it's not going to be the most common application of 5G. The most common applications of 5G would be those that can cover a broader area and have higher penetration. So those would be the lower frequencies. Like. Yeah. So mm. those are the low band. Those are the low band uh, spectrums, mm. and for those, your speeds are like I said quite comparable to 4G. Uh-huh. And, the, and the interesting is that thing is that 4G technology itself is still being developed and still being evolved. <coughs> so, uh, the currently Qualcomm produces modems for, for Android phones, 4G modems, which can achieve gigabit speeds already. So, mm. so again, just stressing again, speed is not the, the, the benefit here. The mm-hmm. benefit here it's not even just for mobile. It's not you're not really talking about being able to download a movie on your phone faster. It's about being able to to have a, a more reliable signal all the time. Mm. Number one, and it's about uh getting everything 
plugged into the the internet basically so that you can have like so you can have much more real time data you can control appliances which is down to the latency right yeah which is down to the latency <coughs> capacity which you can get from mm, mm, mm. yeah okay so realistically we at this point in time anyway we wouldn't achieve the high band sort of speeds yes it, it is it is uh, first of all it, the use case is limited. And, Not practical. Yeah. Second of all, yeah, it, 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 the business case itself is limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can see some applications for this uh, in terms of like replacing these high capacity wired links. Mm-hmm. So so that like uh, maybe two base towers can communicate with each other over this millimeter wave signal. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as they can guarantee that they will have a clear line of sight. So for example, like between two buildings, you can set up uh, MM wave antennas on both those buildings and you can have a high-speed link between these buildings without having to worry about where you're going to bury your fiber cable and so on. Mm-hmm. Because anything that's over the air, you reduce the inconvenience of setting up this infrastructure by a lot. Okay. So, mm. so, yeah, it's got applications there, but for consumers, not so much. For consumers, not so much. Huh. Uh, okay, but then, okay, the other thing with 5G, right, is <clears throat> not also so much in the cell tower hardware that needs to be set up by governments and by these telcos as well, but it's also related to the devices that we are using, right? Yes. You're right in a way because uh, as 4G de- technology is still being developed, not, I mean, how many of us actually own a 4G compatible phone? All of us. All of us? I thought it did. You said 4G or 5G? 5G. Uh, 5G bro say 5G you said 4G compatible phone and I was like oh. <laughs> no 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 5G because <laughs> you did I'm on 4G now you did 4G what is it 4G I am on 5 yeah, sorry <laughs> I'm on 4G I'm in 4G <laughs> you need bro yeah. you S20 bro <laughs> I am the I'm the actual conspiracy theory you need is the conspiracy theory that's so yeah back to your question uh, how many of us own 5G compatible phones? They're out on the market, definitely. Mm. But, but it's quite expensive, right? It's expensive. There's a whole host of challenges when you're, when you're selling 5G phones. And yeah. one of the reasons why you wouldn't, you, sh- you maybe should hold off on, on buying a phone because it's got 5G. Um, mm. For starters, right? Like I mentioned, there's a wide range of spectrum and options, right? When it comes to 5G. Mm. So, this also means that the hardware in your phone may not be compatible with the 5G network that is set up in your country or in your region. Mm. So, mm. you may have a phone which is... So, a lot of the early phones, right? The early 5G phones, yeah. they were made for millimeter wave technology. Mm. Like so I just told you, right? It, it's mm. probably not going to be the major uh, application of 5G. Millimeter wave is not... Uh, right, right. Uh, but a lot of people bought these phones and now when when the, the early carrier networks right they the, they were deploying these MM wave things basically because of the hype. They were deploying some MM wave uh, networks and then they released uh, these phones which are compatible with MM wave. But if you look at T Mobile in the US, mm. they have had a second rollout of 4G or 5G mm. and the second rollout is in the low band spectrum. So the old phones which they were just selling like a year ago no longer compatible with oh. this 5G network. Right. So you have a problem in that regard. Right. Secondly, uh, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, when it comes to this kind uh. of hardware, uh-huh. you, 
with a few providers providing the the hardware that works on that is used in the majority of devices you know so mm. talking here about here specifically is the modem the mm. modem phone which connects to the 5g network and basically the 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 only major producer of these modems is qualcomm Mm. So Qualcomm is also they also produce like the majority of processors CPUs in the Android phones, mm. right? So Apple produces their own CPUs. Qualcomm mm. most of their phones running on Qualcomm yeah. CPUs, except uh, Samsung phones and Samsung also in some regions only. Mm. They use Qualcomm and Qualcomm. So when you're when you're dealing with a mobile device, you're trying to reduce the space requirements and the power requirements, and the best way to do this is to integrate as much of this these uh, separate components like a modem onto the onto the single chip itself the mm-hmm. single processor and they are the cheapest with 4G so in 4G your mm-hmm. phone, your mobile phone CPU has a modem on the chip itself and that's why 4G phones are so thin so light uh, they, they, you don't need to worry so much about it overheating it's got mm-hmm. power consumption so your battery lasts longer and so on but because 5G is so new and uh, it has to cater for like so many different types of of spectrum, mm. uh, the 5G modems currently are separate from the, mm. or at least the ones which Qualcomm makes. So mm. you have, uh, in a situation where 5G phones, the the battery life is, is shorter. Yeah, the phones are thicker, mm. and like I said, they're they're not very compatible. Right. So, I mean the cost benefit here, I mean, isn't so great, right? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm not sure in terms of how much more expensive would it be. Yeah. Do you, would you have any idea on like... I don't have a... Again, I, do, I don't have a ballpark figure, but I think that... Because after all, like a, a regular consumer that cannot like go out and buy a 5G modem for themselves. It comes integrated into their device, right? Yeah, yeah. You do see a trend here where smartphone prices have been steadily going up it's up until up until the uh, coronavirus is here right um, yeah you saw smartphone prices reverse the trend of becoming cheaper they were going past yeah. the thousand two hundred uh, th- the thousand mm-hmm. dollar range you know you if mm. you look at the latest samsung galaxy smartphones they're like what thousand two hundred us dollars thousand three hundred galaxy s20 yeah. is a thousand us dollars yeah compared to most selections which are about 750 yeah mm-hmm. But across across the board, like even OnePlus now has released phones which are like within the within a uh, not too far off the price of the Samsungs as well. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason definitely is that they're integrating this new five G technology into the phone. And mm-hmm. compared to Apple, Apple has not adopted five G, right? Mm-hmm. And Apple and they've just released a phone, uh, running on their latest like uh, platform, their latest CPU, and yeah. it costs what less than two thousand ringgit. Yeah, one nine. You know? So, uh, so you can see that so far the cost, the 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 cost benefit doesn't really pan out that well. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's a good point. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like you said, right? If the speed isn't so, if the margin of the speed isn't so wide, that yeah. it's supposed to compel you to buy it, then, I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't. Unless I was just in the market for a new phone next couple of years or so, and yeah. it just happens to come with five G, then yeah. fine. Yeah. Right. And, and I would say that your biggest concern as a consumer, right, when you're buying a cutting edge device with cutting edge technology, is will this be 
incompatible within a few months or two years. So it's, it's just like, you know, uh, just before the PS3 came out, right, there mm. was the whole uh, thing between HD DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm. You know? There were these two standards for high-definition yeah. optical discs. And so like, so many people would have bought uh, HD DVD sets and, and uh, I, I'm not sure if the Xbox came with HD DVD. And then all of a sudden, uh, the PS3 comes out, it's got Blu-ray, suddenly everybody's using Blu-ray, nobody releases anything on HD DVD anymore, mm. and you've got a lot of expensive junk, basically. Yeah. Mm. So in the same sense, uh, even with, even with, uh, mobile, with mobile broadband, when we're looking at 4G, when 4G first came out, there were two competing standards in Malaysia. There was LTE and there was WiMAX. Mm. And you would have some phones, especially from, I think like, yes, 4G used to be a WiMAX network. Yeah. These phones were compatible with WiMAX and you had like mobile, uh, you had a home broadband which was running on WiMAX. My car runs on WiMAX. Mm, your car yeah. runs on WiMAX. Yeah. yeah. And now you fast forward like a couple of years after the big WiMAX wave, right? All these companies went bust. There is no WiMAX yeah. network around anymore. Right, 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 right. And everything is running on LTE. So, like, okay, great. You were early adopter. You had the you you had it before everyone else. But we're <laughs> mm. <laughs> like using it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Is there anything else that uh, you want to touch upon in this area? Uh, no, I, I would I would just say that. I mean, know, so like essentially like devices that we were talking about or referencing to, right? Yeah. They were more, uh, it's more from the consumer standpoint or like the average regular Joe standpoint, right? Yeah. But um, obviously it does have its benefits, which we can get into later in yeah. terms of other technologies like what you mentioned uh, yeah. in regards to cars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I think we can delve into that later. So, okay, the second part is uh, we'll dive into the next portion of the episode, which is Recently in Malaysia, um, the new government uh, had to revoke its allocation, a uh, spectrum allocation for um, five different companies, which is Maxis, DG, Telecom, Cellcom, and mainly because this allocation was done not in the right way. It bypassed the public tender process and this was basically obviously not a transparent way to award these allocations. So Bamba, when it comes to these allocations, can you explain again in reference to 5G technology, what, what does it mean, right? And essentially, what, what does it give these companies power to do? So when you're talking about connecting to a Maxis network or a DG network, yeah. you're basically connecting on different frequencies of signal for yeah. each providers. So this is how like it knows that this is Max's network or DG's network. Mm. And so how do they decide who gets which frequencies? It is controlled by the regulator in Malaysia. It is the Multimedia and Communications uh, Commission, MCMC. Mm. Right. So uh, 5G poses a particular challenge because you, uh, you're connecting on multiple bands for your signal between your phone and the, and the cell tower. Mm. Uh, you have multiple different bands of spectrum by which you connect and you, mm. you have, uh, this is really like simplifying it, but basically if you have more bands to connect with, uh, you can increase the speed and availability essentially. So, right. so what 
in January, what the government said they were going to do, or rather the multimedia commission said it was going to do, is they were going to have an open tender for the low band and mid band 5G spectrum. So the low band, which I talked about, is probably has the most penetration and so on. So that's probably the area which you want to target first. So it's within the 700 megahertz range. Mm. They said they were going to do this by open tender. And then all of a sudden in May, uh, with the new Perikatan government, the Ministry of Communications and Multimedia announced that they had just directly awarded these uh, frequency, frequency bands to five companies, which you just mentioned. And the odd thing about it was that some of the more established players, yeah. uh, like uh, DG, for example, I believe it was DG, which was, they were awarded a very narrow band of spectrum. And what this means is that they've got fewer options in terms of bands which they can use to, to mm. yeah, they, it reduces basically their capacity to, to increase the speed and, and number of devices on the network. Mm. It also included this one company, uh, Eltel, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah Eltel, Eltel has got no background whatsoever in mobile broadband in Malaysia, no background in, in this kind of wireless telecommunications. Mm. And it was a total mystery as to why they were awarded the spectrum. Conspiracy? <laughs> I, I I would assume so, but, you know. <laughs> but, but they were awarded the most amount. They were awarded a, a particularly wide band okay. of the spectrum from my from my recall. But this kind of shocked the market because I mean uh businesses and it, it's one of the you know, when when you look at this kind of infrastructure right it, it doesn't matter just to consumers or who the spectrum is allocated to. It, it also contributes to the kind of business environment that we have, right? Like, yeah. uh, businesses want to operate in a country which has got good quality infrastructure. And yes. it comes into that, you know, reliable electricity, uh, you know, public transport, all these yeah, things. Yeah. And now, internet is like probably the most important of this, you know, especially when you've got all this like work from home, remote work and so on. Is vital. So when you when you when you manage the infrastructure in such an unprofessional way, it, it really uh, reflects badly. It makes you wonder uh, what other kinds of uh, short-sighted decisions the government is going to make in terms of this internet infrastructure. And so the, the market was quite upset. On top of that, uh, some of these firms, right? For example, like DG, uh, they have foreign investors. Aziata, uh, which runs Cellcom here, also like foreign investors have put their money into this country, uh, into these telecommunications companies in Malaysia, yeah. in the expectation that you have an open like business environment, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden, like it's, it's back to the good old days of cronyism and so on. Like, for example, this Altel company, it was one of the, it's basically run, owned by one of the, one of the cronies, I don't know, like you mentioned the name, whether <laughs> you get a season, this is <laughs> you know, actually, right? When we reach the stage where we're big enough to get a cease and desist letter, I'll be kind of happy. <laughs> Actually, that's true. That's true. So, should we just say the name now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, please, huh? Actually, I didn't, I didn't uh, find out the name. You mentioned it. Uh, basically, is the the guy who sells us our sugar. La. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I don't know if people... Okay. People probably won't know who sells us our sugar. Yeah. But find out who sells us our sugar and then you'll know who owns Altel. <laughs> Right. Oh, I like how we are, we're acting as if we're already there. You know, we, you know, we're just basically being bombarded with 
investigations into our show, into our topics. You have to picture yourself at your goal state. You know, I agree, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, so, I'll operate in that sense. So, the good thing about it is that after the outcry, they revoked the Spectrum Award altogether, like a mm. month after, just a couple of weeks ago. Mm. The bad thing is that after that, the minister, the minister who is cycling in Abdullah, right? Uh, by the way, who is one of the guys who quit PKR with Asmin and so on. So he said, uh, <laughs> his name dropped just like that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I thought we were supposed to be at that level. What happened? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We really are where we are for a reason. Litigating <laughs> <laughs> between like trying to avoid litigation and trying to seek attention. So <laughs> Ah, that's true, that's true. You have to oscillate between these two different attitudes. It's a spectrum, maybe you'd call it Bamba. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Bamba, please, please continue. <laughs> I think that, that was not PC. Okay. <laughs> he said he said in an interview, the Minister of Communication said in an interview that they don't want to focus on 5G right now. They want to focus on expanding the coverage of 4G in Malaysia first. 5G is not in the plans anymore. So, I mean, we are back to square one here. Because, like, again, at the beginning, you said that we are going to get into 5G in a big way. We're going to award the spectrum. Uh, we're going to be open about it. Then you go about, like, awarding it to cronies, to companies which you do not even know will be able to implement it or not. And then after that, you say that we're not going to get this infrastructure in the foreseeable future at all. Mm. So, like, yeah, I said, like I said, you know, like currently for consumers, there is not uh, a great uh, use case. But there's also a risk that, you know, as this technology continues to be developed over time, uh, we'll be left behind. Other countries will have developed applications like, I, like I said, Internet of Things, right? Mm. Uh, people are embracing this in a big way. Yeah. And they're moving on from Internet of Things to Internet of Everything. It's not just appliances, but basically you have sensor data coming in from everywhere in real time. It allows you to do all kinds of active monitoring and and basically the possibilities are, are endless like once this technology reaches maturation. But if you're getting left behind at this stage already, if you're not laying the groundwork, then uh, five years time, uh, that much further behind. The delay is not about, I mean like the delay essentially what they're saying is about 12 months a year, right? Yeah, but if you look at other countries, they have already started rolling out their network already. Is it, uh, I mean, like, like you said, maybe, does it have to go, I mean, we have to go through proper trials, right? Uh, maybe, what if, what if in one year, we actually reach uh, a peak in terms of, the, of, of stable 5G technology and then we roll it out? Is that, we, is that a smart move? I would say that the, the best people to figure this out are the ones who have their money on the line for it. And those, right. and those people are the telecommunications providers because when you say the government wants to roll out 5G, actually yeah. the government is not rolling out 5G. No, that's true. It's not risk any money by deploying a 5G network. It's, it's mobile. They, they actually bear the cost of the infrastructure, right? Exactly. And so right, right. Yeah. They, if they can project that there is uh, going to be uptake of this technology, then they will deploy it. If there isn't, they won't even bid on the spectrum. You know? Because they have to, if it's an open tender auction kind of thing, right, they basically have to buy the spectrum or lease the spectrum from the government. So there's a fee there right up front before they even use, uh, even install all of the infrastructure which they need to make this work. So I, I think that they would be the best judges of that. Uh, so 
in terms of it being stable, I think that the low band 5G technology is is pretty stable and that's what's in, in the US actually, I think T-Mobile has got very wide coverage already of low band 5G. So it, it, it has been tested at this, uh, at the lower end of the spectrum. Yeah, that kind of thing would be a safe bet to, to deploy already. That's, and that's why we were looking at the 700 megahertz range, the lower end 5G uh, frequency bands. I mean, also to mention, I think uh, Maxis has already completed testing. Mm -hmm. For my I was reading that Maxis has already been testing and have already completed testing for 5G. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've read that as well. I think there was a trial in Langkawi. Really? Or something like that. Yeah, I, I, did, I, didn't, I don't know the full details of it. Lah. But I think it was like one of Max's trials. What else to be said about it here is, I, I think that first of all, uh, it is true that our 4G coverage is kind of uh, lacking, uh, especially in rural areas, mm. uh, outside the Klang Valley can be improved. But probably the best way to expand coverage is to make the environment more competitive. Mm. Yeah. To have more providers like competing for that space so that you are not stuck with three or four. Mm. I mean, I, I honestly don't. I don't, honestly don't know. I mean, it's. I don't know what your you guys your opinions are la, But like, mm. I'm thinking of this practicality. La. Like, mm. okay la, Maybe uh, as as just an end user like me, right? Four mm. G is already plenty quick. Yeah. Like, it's already really fast. Mm. How much more are people willing to put money on the line? Oh, I, I want I want slightly more faster internet. I, I don't know. You know. Maybe for but just <coughs> you are just one user, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Like five G has been able it because of the capacity it has, especially in terms of latency, right? Like it's supposed to be used for many other sort of industries, even like agriculture and things like that. In terms of the deployment of that itself, is another. It, it, I mean, there are a lot more complications, lah. But is that like, something that we need? It, like even this, even the, on the aspect of latency itself, right? Blah blah blah. Practical use in Malaysia, what do you think? Like agriculture, okay, fine. Do we even do we have even that sort of infrastructure to roll out things like this on a practical basis? I don't know. Okay, so uh, I won't I hmm. won't use agriculture as an example, but I'll give you uh, the example of uh, autonomous cars hmm. where latency makes a big difference. Yeah. So just to reiterate, like right, uh, latency is basically the delay hmm. between two between your signal getting from one point from point A to point B, right? Does not refer to the amount of data. It refers to the speed at which this data can move. Like when you click, uh, uh, when you insert a URL and then you click it, how fast it? Yeah, how fast springs, it right? Yeah, it's the server and then pings yeah. back. Yeah, and gamers don't need latency explained to them, yeah. So yes, ping, bro, ping, ping, ping. You did, yeah. you did, you did. Gamer, bro. Ah, loser. Go on. Okay. <laughs> wow. He's a bro. <laughs> boomer, boomer. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me get back to this. So, if you okay, start driving cars. Uh, uh, what is the main limitation of, of people of human beings driving right now? The main limitation is our you don't have car petrol our, price. Our, our rate of reaction. Yeah, I think it takes us like. I said petrol price. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so basically you can react on it takes you a fifth of a second to react to something. God damn. So that's why when you're driving at high speed, uh you need to maintain a wide uh, a, a bigger distance because if uh based on your reaction time it's gonna take longer for you to slow down your car, right? If for if you have 
basically every car on the road is self-driving. Every car on the road is talking to each other in milliseconds, right? With very low latency. Uh, when the car in front of me brakes, almost in the instant it brakes, I also know that it's going to brake mm. and my car brakes at the same time. So what this means is, right, you can have cars like less than a few feet apart traveling at higher than our car, like traveling at like 150 km per hour uh, on the on the highways, you know, and, then and be safe. yeah, and it would be safe, and it would mm. be safe. So that's the kind of of uh, advantage that you can get with with very low latency uh, broadband. Obviously, like this is not gonna happen in a year, or two years, or maybe not even in five years, lah. But eventually, that's what uh, this technology. That's the direction in which the technology is heading. What about so, autonomous planes? Same thing. Same thing. Nice lah. So ISO can just basically sit in the cockpit and fly a plane. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't need anybody to sit in the cockpit lah. And if you're talking about an autonomous plane, otherwise I don't know what. I you just want to be in the cockpit. <laughs> Me, it's just okay, okay, okay. It's not a cockpit no. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, autonomous autonomous cars, fine, fine, all yeah. that, fine. Malaysia, what autonomous cars? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that they don't want to get left behind because like. I mean, want to get left behind? Left behind, wait, like, yeah, you want to be more left behind. Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh. So it's more left behind. Right, 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 right. Some people can't get ICs, but we have self-driving cars. Nice lah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> First world lah. But yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right, lah. Do we? How much do we lose? <laughs> how much do we lose by waiting a year? Realistically, realistically, maybe not that much. But mm. technology is very fast moving, lah. And, mm. and next year got six G. Then they actually already looking into six G. I think there you go. The you didn't change 6G. the name of the damn episode, like you didn't talk. What is it called? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another. Bunch of conspiracy theories at this point, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so actually, on that note, right, let's move on onto the conspiracy theory <laughs> surrounding 5G. Some of you may know that uh, there's some conspiracy theories surrounding 5G in that it's harmful to human beings because of the, the high-frequency waves that is radiated from the cell towers and so on. And um, this has this has basically traveled all over the world, uh, this theory. Um, but I believe the three of us here know that is completely not true. Right? Is it? Who knows? Is it? Oh no, I'm very confused of this episode yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, the conspiracy theory doesn't even hold any weight. Yeah, you can explain. Yeah, because like, okay, so um, when they when when you speak about um things like these things causing uh, so I mean the first question you would ask is what kind of radiation these things cause la? There's a connotation with the word radiation. Itself, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, so there's it's it's either you have it's either you have uh ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation, right? So these these um the, uh what we have with five G is non-ionizing radiation. Right? Yeah. So in a sense, non-ionizing ionizing radiation as it is is not harmful. Obviously, it's um it's it, 
there are WHO also uh, calls non-ionizing radi radi uh, radiation as uh, it's termed as a carcinogen lah. But this is at high levels, right? Mm. One of the main problems you would see with um with this with this sort of radiation at high at, at high intensity, it will cause it will cause burns, right? But this is at high intensity. Mm. What, 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 what were you talking about? Even with non-ionizing radiation, right? I mean, the problem is that it releases heat. Yeah. But it also, but you, I mean, the heat is also so negligible coming from the, these devices. Yeah. Right? So, unless you're standing really, really close to... <laughs> I think, oh, even if you're standing really close to it, you won't do it, I don't know. I mean, it's, like, for example, I think we're talking essentially in terms of energy, right? Yeah. Uh, and... Some people maybe don't understand uh, that when you talk about radiation, even the light from the sun is radiation, radiation yeah. the light from your light bulb is radiation. It's just different spectrum of radiation, right? We should ban the sun then. I mean, it's a conveyance of just energy. Right? Yeah, it's a conveyance of energy. Yeah. And I think that in the higher energy uh, radiation right, comes from basic uh, FM radio. Yeah. yeah. It's been around for what, 100 years? Is How it, many cancers that would have caused? It's not. It hasn't. Right. So, mm. I mean, if you are fine with that, then uh, really, you should, really, it's nothing to worry about with with the mobile uh, broadband. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, an, it's one of those things where, like, I, I even know people like our age who don't keep their, their handphone next to their ear on the bed because they, they say that they could get cancer from that. It's ridiculous. Because mm -hmm. you take the phone out of it, it's like a tiny, 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 tiny percentage mm -hmm. of the radiation which you're receiving all the time from radio, from the sun, yeah. from so many different sources. Mm -hmm. I mean, even from mining coal, that radiation. <laughs> I mean, if you want... If this you want, one is spread to the WhatsApp messages, like, that's why. Correct or not? Correct. WhatsApp messages are dangerously radioactive. Like, <laughs> that is true. La. People of a certain age. <laughs> Boomers. <laughs> okay, on, in that sense, you might as well just live in a cave, la, right? You live in a cave with radiation. <laughs> <laughs> God, <it's okay. laughs> the core of the earth is releasing radiation. <laughs> so actually, yeah, so, you know, like, we need to actually revisit how we perceive the word radiation, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's a whole broader topic, like, like people have so many misconceptions about radiation. Mm. And, and I mean, I won't get so much into it, like, but you get more radiation from mining coal than you do from a nuclear power plant. So yeah. I think you don't have anything to worry about from a, from a 5G antenna. Yeah. Okay, so the pendulum show... Uh, it spreads COVID or not, that one, I'm not sure. Like. <laughs> hey, you don't... <laughs> Question hey, these things, uh? Hey, you tell me, uh, is it true or not? After they, after the, they went and burned down all the five G towers in the UK, right? Uh, the number of cases dropped, right? How <laughs> <laughs> could have done that? Uh? I don't. Know. <laughs> 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 now they stopped burning down in the US. Now they didn't burn down the five G towers. <laughs> Fifty thousand cases a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, Brussels, right? They passed the laws. Uh, for anti-radiation <laughs> from the 5G towers, you know, I swear. Almost <laughs> taking a deuce on everyone. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of conspiracy theories, la, but that, when rubbish is rubbish, la, I swear. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, la, draw the line somewhere. What about population? I mean, like, the common thing is that population control, right? What? 
Really? Where did you hear this? They, they That's the conspiracy theory lah. That's the yeah. So, I mean, any which way or form, right? Most conspiracy theories you hear about now, right? It's somewhat related to a population control scheme, you know. Everything they say nowadays is related to population control, lah. Five G population control, HIV is population control, COVID also is population control. Yes. But yet, but yet the population is growing at what kind of rates? I don't know. China sterilizing the Uyghurs is not population control at all. That's <laughs> not population control. But COVID? <laughs> COVID, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't talk about genocide. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the Pendulum Show endorses 5G technology. It is safe to consume. <laughs> Oh, it just makes me so bad, you know, that people are so concerned about this. <laughs> so concerned about the wrong thing. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Ooh. Okay. We've basically cleared the air on that one, lah. Yeah. That's okay. the part of the radical. Yes. So on to the last part of the episode. In regards to the Huawei ban in the US, right? And tie it back to um, the use of application of Huawei's technology in Malaysia, what are Malaysia's options? So, uh, you want to like rehash what the Huawei ban is? I think you should rehash it lah. You should know more the facts. I didn't read 10 articles. I'm not 10 article table. Yeah, yeah I give opportunity and then you... I've been speaking the whole episode or so lah, right? Jesus, this is your time to shine. This is why you are on the show. The five pillars. Do I fully grasp the five pillars? Maybe, I'm not sure. But it is MIMO, which is multiple input, multiple output. Small cell, bean forming, duplex, and I think millimeter wave, like what you said. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so in a way, all of, this, all of these five pillars and five components is supposed to come together in order to make 5G technology usable in, in, most, in most cases and achieve its core <laughs> functions of latency, speed, Right. So, in terms of some of these pillars are supposed to be responsible for ensuring that uh, there's specific frequencies that are tied to each device, and then you're not there's less competition and less congestion within the specific spectrums in regards to less interference with objects um, within the environment, uh, interfering with the signals, and so on and so forth. La. I don't know the full grasp of the information here, but these core pillars here serve these functions, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's about small cells. Small base stations are these small these base stations are yeah. called small cells, right? Yeah. So yeah. at these um small cell base stations, you yeah. have uh, you have the ability to put mo- more antennas on the thing, so multiple input, multiple output. Mm. And because you because these base stations are so small, you can put a lot of base stations in the same in the same space. Correct? Mm-hmm. So uh in regards to duplex, um so every so <laughs> Um, so I, I I just mentioned just now in on one um, small cell you have a lot of antennas. Duplex means each antenna can receive and um, transmit signals. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. So this this <coughs> into the latency thing lah. How it has a lower latency and then um, beaming beaming urine beaming. Yeah, beam forming. Beam forming. It's supposed to. It it sort of acts like a like a traffic light that it directs the frequency to a specific device. In a direction, yeah, it, it allows the, the wave to be directed mm, yeah. in, in space, basically, yeah. Mm, yeah. 
So yeah, so you have all these these technologies and uh, like I said, hardware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you when you were talking about when you when you're dealing with four G, the essentially the number of features la, the yeah. number of different techniques which go into it is much less than five G. It's a simpler system when you're dealing with older generation stuff. So yeah. all of this was implemented directly in the hardware in the in the circuits on the base stations and so on. And this is handled like switching between devices. Yeah. All that is hard code. It's hardwired into into the devices. Yeah. Now when you come to five G, it's so complex. No longer doing this with hardware anymore. You need to do it with software that is running, not just like at a central location, but at every edge location, every base station, every uh, so-called mini cell tower, right? Needs mm. to have software running to manage all these different uh, frameworks mm-hmm. which you mentioned. So that is where Huawei comes into the picture because mm. it is it is no longer very trivial to manufacture this hardware, and so it takes it takes quite a lot of investment to develop both the hardware and the software to run mm. these base stations. Mm. And only a few companies have actually invested the resources into developing this infrastructure. Mm. The main ones are Nokia, Ericsson, and Nokia. <laughs> No, Nokia. You know, Nokia. Yeah, yeah. Nokia doesn't directly make phones anymore, but they are a massive provider of of uh, cellular of cellular. Uh, I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I stopped paying attention to Nokia as with the rest of the world. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? Uh, Huawei is a Chinese company, mm. and whenever you have a Chinese company, there are certain when you. When you have a large Chinese company, basically, you are concerned about how closely tied these firms are to the Chinese government and to the Communist Party. And it's not a it's not a flippant concern. It's not really a conspiracy theory no. because mm. even in the in the even the legal system in China forces these companies to hand over data to the government. You know, mm. so you have so you have a whole host of concerns there. I mean, you see it all the time, right? Like they, like WeChat. You know, for example, the, mm. the Government can snoop on WeChat conversations. Mm. Uh, if you look at Alibaba, Jack Ma, a, he was discovered recently to be a member of the Communist Party, and nobody knows what's the level of interference. Uh, on top of that, China, the Communist Party actually uh, has officials in all the major companies, you know, yep. to make sure that they are conforming government policy. Mm. So that's one one concern that you have all this software which is running all over the world and. Uh, what if some backdoors are written into the software to allow the Chinese government or Huawei or any nefarious actor basically to snoop in on the data that's being transmitted uh, through these networks, mm. right? And then it'll be sold to TikTok. Yeah. What will TikTok do with it? Hey, can you actually imagine or not what they will possibly do with our data? I still don't really know. Like, I just want to put the little TikTok in. Yeah. <laughs> this is this. this is, <laughs> I do not. I do not create conspiracy theories on a full time basis. Clearly, <laughs> it's just all half assed. <laughs> so, so in the US, in the US, what they did was the American, the US government has banned. Uh, networks in the US from purchasing Huawei network hardware. Ah, kind of game. Mm. And they say that, in the, and the intelligence community there says that 
Huawei has been writing. So Huawei uh, is not just in 5G, it's been in 4G and 3G and everything. They've been making this networking infrastructure for a while. It's only now that you see them like very prominent in mobile phones, yeah. in the mobile phones here. So they say that Huawei has built in backdoors into their hardware since 2009. Uh, the problem is that we have to take the US government's word for it. Like. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so, they, so they, they said that they have evidence of this and then they have also been trying to, to push it on to other like Western governments. So far now with much success, like, like you see UK has allowed Huawei hardware in. Hey, no, um, recently the, uh, Boris said something along the lines of um, because uh, Huawei have, has been, like before this, they were yeah. granted the access to lay out non-core mm. structures yeah. and Boris said that because of what China is doing to Hong Kong mm. that it's warning China that they will pull back in all these uh, I don't know what non-core structures are la, but that's what he said la. Yeah. So, NCS bro, NCS Non-core structures? <laughs> National <laughs> Council? No, fuck Never mind, go on Taking a bit too far. I think I'm yeah. I'm taking a little bit too far this episode. So, but go on. So, um, what I was what I was trying to get at is that you know how um I read this article uh, out of the ten articles lah. Uh. Articles. <laughs> you know, five G is supposed to be a thing that brings all of us closer, mm. right? But in in reality, it's splitting every every everybody by US and China as well. I mean, because some countries are adopting what the US what the US are saying about China, and obviously China has its own. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There, I mean, it's all part of the bigger like US China mm. uh, uh, battle, right? But there there are other dimensions that which I want to get into. But firstly, in terms of uh, adoption of the technology itself, right? Uh, like you mentioned in the UK, they are pulling back. But initially, initially they allowed Huawei in. Uh, yeah, they, they did. They, they did, and they said that there were certain restrictions. And yeah. what's interesting about the UK is that the UK has been using Huawei infrastructure for a long time. So that's part of the reason that they are adopting 5G technology from Huawei yeah. because they already have all this groundwork, and it's very hard for them to rip it up by the roots and start from scratch. Yeah. And and the thing about 5G is that it still depends on 4G. So okay. it depends on 4G like to establish the connection between your device and the network. Mm. So if you don't use Huawei, will other uh, systems be compatible with Huawei's 4G's technology which is already in the, the network? Mm. Right. That's so so, so my point is you still need the 4G structures in place for 5G to occur. Yes, you okay. mm. 5G where there is no 4G. Okay. So mm. I mean, there are things in the pipeline that may change in future. but. UK solution to this is that I think since 2010 they have actually set up a, an oversight body which is chaired by uh, a government officials and, and they co- collaborate with Huawei to do basically security audits on Huawei's what, hardware what, hardware trademarked Huawei's hardware and software. So they produce an annual report every year and they actually find a lot of um, bad practices in, oh, in Huawei software development and, and some of their practices. <laughs> they have not found like ill intent, like mal intent, oh, okay, okay. but they found a lot of, of um, who knows if it's blind spots or it's intentionally there, but basically, uh, yeah, they definitely have found some concerns, right? Uh, uh, but again, 
it would take too much money and effort to abandon Huawei altogether, so they are still the top. And what are your other options anyway? Your other options are Ericsson and Nokia. So why is it that you cannot just go with Ericsson and Nokia? Uh, some people will say la, that Huawei is one of the Chinese tigers. La. It's mm. one of the it's one of China's faces to the world. The biggest companies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh so there is a suspicion that China is basically subsidizing these big firms so that they can monopolize technology infrastructure across the world. Mm. You know, all kinds of benefits within China. I mean, some of this is legal, some of this is hidden and so on. But uh, Huawei offers probably much better prices than Ericsson and Nokia. And that's why a lot mm. of these are uh, adopting Huawei instead of the other two, right? And, they, and I suppose it reaches a point where other companies just cannot compete with the scale of, of Huawei, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's one concern. And also, if you, if you look at the bigger picture, right, uh, you have this whole US-China tension going on. It's sort of spreading to the rest of the world. Now you have, like, tension between Australia and China. Mm. Uh, the, a lot of places unhappy with China over what's happening in Hong Kong, over what's happening with COVID. So... Mm. In an event, in the event where tensions like ramp up, right, could China basically be able to blackmail all the the rest of the world because it has control of mm. its network uh, of its technology infrastructure, its networking, its internet infrastructure? That is a fear which some countries have, la. Mm. And uh, I mean, some of it is overblown, no doubt. But but in the bigger picture, it's a valid concern for especially for Western countries. But mm. when it comes to a country like us, we do mm. basically. Uh, we are bar- bargain shopping. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we pay for what we can afford because, uh, like, I mean, like the minister said, we don't even have 4G everywhere yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so basically, whatever is like most affordable to us, we are, we are going to go for it. Uh. Yeah. And that's not to say that we are only going to go with, five, with uh, Huawei. I think that Maxis has even, I'm not sure if it's Maxis or Asiata, but they basically. Some telcos here have contracts with Ericsson and, and, and Nokia, so there, there is more than just Huawei in our, mm-hmm. uh, our rollout. But I mean, for developing countries, yeah, you don't have a lot of options, especially like the fact that there's only three or four major providers. Yeah, that, that, that in itself is a concern. Yeah. Right. So essentially, should we, I mean, should we be concerned if even if we just just widely adopt Huawei's technology? Uh, I, think we, I think that pro- probably we should have something in between the US's approach and the UK's approach, in my personal <laughs> opinion. Mm. Uh, you, you cannot exclude them altogether mm. uh, yeah, because basically we cannot afford to. Lah. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to set in, in place uh, a lot of very stringent safeguards to make sure that there's no malpractice going on here. I mean, essentially, it's how valuable is Malaysian data? It can be very valuable. I mean, look, why not? We we have conflict with China. Like we had a South China Sea episode, right? Uh, Imagine if the military is using 5G, for example, like maybe ship-to-ship communication. Mm. I mean, like I said, uh, 5G offers uh, applications that go beyond uh, mobile phones now. It's Mm. internet or everything. So when everything is connected and everything depends on one company's technology that inherently creates risk. Yeah. yeah. 
And and the fact that everything is running in software, right? Basically, anything that you... Basically, any software can... You can find holes in any software. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, like the UK oversight body says, yeah, there are holes in yeah. the software. There are holes in their basic practices in building the software. So it is a concern. But, you know, uh, you may be concerned about Huawei putting these holes in intentionally, but you also need to be concerned about other companies leaving these holes in by accident. Mm-hmm. So you need to have safeguards for both. It needs to be, it, it cannot be just a, it, it cannot be a policy that is just in one direction. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's a good balance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. Mm. I guess, okay, uh, you know, I, not, I have nothing else to say on the matter for in regards to this. Uh. Do you guys have anything else to say? Well, yeah, I think we pretty much covered a good base of 5G. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. A, broad, it's a broad spectrum. Uh, ah, not bad, right? Not bad. <laughs> no words? No? Okay. Okay, so I have basically lost touch in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Uh, no, uh, thank you very much, like, guys. This is a very educational episode. I hope for whoever is listening, it wasn't too dry. I know we, we spoke about a lot of technical terms here, but definitely um, I feel like we got into the nitty-gritty of it and even debunked some of the common misconceptions on 5G itself and what the technology actually is and what it can do, right? So, um, you know, if you have any opinions on the matter, please just, like, again, let us know and we'll be more than happy to discuss it. Uh, shall we sign off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Thanks, okay. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, IQ. Thanks, 10 articles. IQ, bro. IQ. IQ. Okay. All right. Good night, everybody.